1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Sunday night football. Lambeau Field. Packers looking for their eighth win of the season. And uh, now we want to get uh, into some of the some of the keys that need to happen for the Packers to get this win. Uh, we'll talk with Ryan. What are the Green Bay Press Gazette bring him in? Now let's do it. Ryan, how are you doing today?
3: Hey. Hey. Doing well, Bill. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving.
2: Had a good one. Had a really good one. Although it was two absolutely – should de- should we start a petition to say the Detroit Lions, until they get to at least nine wins in a season, are not allowed on Thanksgiving Day anymore?
3: It's brutal, isn't it? I mean, it's – It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. You know, it was okay, like, in the 90s when they had Barry Sanders, and that he was fun to watch. But And then even last decade when they, they, had, they had Megatron, my goodness, there's just nothing good to watch
2: there. Nope terrible it's it's they shouldn't even be allowed on prime time anymore without a doubt hey uh the the Packers in prime time coming up on Sunday night looking to kind of get back into the winning track so let's first and foremost foremost talk about the weapons because Devontae Adams has the ankle Marcos Valden scaling with the Achilles Equinemia St. Brown ailing as well I mean who's he throwing to this weekend is, are they going to play do we know or uh, is it more likely one is going to sit out versus the other sounds like they're going to be okay. Uh, you know, Marquez Valdez-Gantley did
3: finish. Devontae Adams got 100 yards on that same ankle last week. Uh, Alan Lazard, we'll, we'll have to see how much his, his workload increases uh, because they obviously were cautious with him going in, and um, I imagine that they're going to incrementally increase his snaps. Uh, but as a whole, yeah, the the, the skills, and, and then Corey Lindsley as well. Uh, it, it sounds like they're they're on track to play, um, and and Corey Lindsley is awfully important against this Bears defensive front because as good as Elton Jenkins did, in in filling in for Corey Lindsley, and Matt Lafleur said he's never been around an offensive lineman like Elton Jenkins who who can play all five spots. I mean, that that's just it's it's unheard of. Uh, At the end of the day, Corey Lindsley is is the veteran leader. He he is the guy who is in charge of making those checks and calls for the offensive line. And against this Bears defensive front, that can give you a lot of problems. It's going to be very important to have Corey Lindsley on the field.
2: So, uh, and I completely agree with you now. The big question is, let's just say they do have to run the ball more often than not. This is a good front that the Bears bring to the table. I mean, that's, again, I'm sitting here watching the big matchup is going to be keeping the pass rush, keeping the ability to run the football against this good Bears defense. As much as I can say the Packers defense should have their way with or at least uh, a better time with uh, Mitch Trubisky, who's not a good quarterback to begin with, but I'm going to be watching the trenches in this one when it comes to the Packers offensive front against the Bears defensive front. Is that the matchup to pay attention to? It's a big matchup, and you know,
3: as much as these, these short, quick passes can be an extension of the run game, it just seems like a, an opportune week to, to, to do that, that, to have Robert Tunyon catch these, these five-yard outs that, they, that can keep the chains moving and keep you on schedule, because it's going to be tough sledding in the trenches against this Bears defensive front. On, on the ground... There's just not going to be a lot of openings there, but the way that Aaron Rodgers has played, how quick his release has been this year, and the fact that they've got some weapons underneath that you know, mentioned Tunyon and Jay Sternberger could be a big week for him. Um, just it might not pop off the stat sheet, but just these these small dink and dunks to 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 get your offense on schedule with the down and distance, uh, it, it could be a good week for that. And obviously. The running backs out of the backfield are, are good receivers in, in the shallow passing game as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I do wonder if that will be an extension of the run game this week and, and just have Matt LeFleur be creative in, in the way that, that he keeps on schedule with the down and
2: distance. I um, wanted to also ask you about the run game. Um, you know, Aaron Jones, obviously, you've got to Jamal Williams. Um, A.J. Dillon, the, not using him a whole lot, and, and we talked about the trust factor and all of that. Do you anticipate him getting more opportunities here down the stretch, or is is what we're witnessing right now with A.J. Dillon about all he's going to get?
3: Well, you know, he, he is on the COVID-19 list still, so that's, that's a big part of it. But, you know, it, it, as a whole, it, it just – if you know a, a new running back, it's 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 kind of like uh, uh, you know new, new tires. You know, if if you can if you limit the mileage, uh, and you have another option, you might as well do that. And they've got multiple options in in the backfield with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, who might be the best one-two punch of any running back tandem in the league. Um, if I, I think it's more about uh, as a whole the the lack of snaps for A.J. Dillon this year is just if you've got Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and their future with you past this season is uncertain, and A.J. Dillon is a, a big part of your future coming up in and, and the run game, you might as well limit the mileage. And that's what they've done. You know? and, and running back is one of those positions that is easier to transition to the league than, than most. So it's not like they need to get him a lot of snaps to, to get comfortable playing at this level. R- running backs can come in and play at this level. So It's just the wear and tear. It's the attrition and just kind of keep that that mileage low on him because next year he very well could be a big part of this running game.
2: Well, that was going to be my next question. How do you know what you have if you don't watch him run the football? And I was watching, and the reason I bring this up yesterday, they did a piece on running backs, and they were talking about Aaron Jones coming up and how much money he's eventually going to make in in, in free agency next year, if indeed he ends up in that direction, if the Packers don't take care of him. And they said, well, they've got A.J. Dillon, but A.J. Dillon's not running the football. How do you know what you have? You don't want to let a guy like Aaron Jones go and then say, well, we've got another running back in the fold, but he may not even be your guy. You know what I mean? He may not even be anywhere near as productive.
3: The the running part of this position is is kind of the natural part. I mean, when we talk about running backs transitioning to the NFL, it's pass pro. It's can the guy run routes out of the backfield and be a receiver? These guys are born runners. So, it, you know, it, it, there's things in practice that you can do from a receiving standpoint and and thud periods from a pass pro standpoint to give you an idea there. But yeah, obviously, if you're not going to run the football a lot. There's not a lot of true evaluation on running the ball, but you look at the way he's built, the way he moves. Is, is he reading his keys the right way? Um, is he able to read his keys and not become too robotic? Be be fluid and, and smooth um, and natural with with the way that he's able to blend his keys in with 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 his running ability. All those things they they, they can be evaluated in practice. It's the finish of a play that that is hard when, when there's impossible, really, when, when, when there's not live tackling to evaluate. And it's the finish of the play that you would feel really good with 250-pound A.J. Dillon being able to do. So, um, no, there, clearly it's not 100% evaluation, um, but there's a lot that they can do to get a good read on, on a projecting a guy going forward.
2: What about uh, the use of him in short yardage situations? Uh, we have seen, and I, we talked about this again, uh, one, trust, two, uh, Matt LaFleur alluded to the fact that he needs to run behind his pads, which means he has to kind of lower the, lower the shoulders a little bit and get the momentum moving forward and not be so upright. But even in those particular situations where he's a bigger, more bruising back than what Aaron Jones is, they're not using him there either. And do you see, is there a specific reason? Has Matt LaFleur ever said specifically, this is the reason we're not going to use his, use him in these particular cases?
3: You know, Matt LaFleur has constantly said that they need to get A.J. Dillon more involved, and then they, they just haven't. You know, short yardage, Jamal Williams is the short yardage back. He, he's been good at short yardage since he's come into to, to this offense. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that uh, you you feel good about as as a veteran taking care of the football. And then AJ uh, Aaron Jones, he, he might be small, but I mean, have, have we ever seen a small running back with as as good of a nose for for that marker, especially near the goal line, as Aaron Jones? I mean, it's been a long time. There are very few who who have that nose for the end zone and in, in that short yardage like like Aaron Jones does. Um, so so you know they've. You know they, they, they've 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 been able to to again go with those two guys and and
2: I would imagine that it's probably going
3: to be much of the same when when AJ
2: Dillon gets off the COVID list. Defensively speaking, um, give me your thoughts. Travis Adams, his season comes to an end after the toe injury. Uh, i had said uh, i don't know if people want to label the word bust to his name but as a third round draft choice some of the injuries and the fact that he hasn't had a ton of productivity even though he was as kenny clark put more active a lot of energy this year and such uh, you know he's just he's not giving you the splash plays he's not giving you enough statistics i think to make uh, you know the third round draft choice just worthy you know justified
3: what's tough for Montrevious adams is that before this toe injury that that's end of the season prematurely he he was he was playing well he he, he was getting better he was he was being productive and, and disruptive um he wasn't being a force or or dominant by any means um but he he was he was pitching in he was contributing to this defensive line and this is a defensive line that behind Kenny Clark needs all the contribution it can get it needs all the help it can get and and Montrevy's Adams was part of the solution he was helping um, so it, it, it hurts, the, the, this defense. Uh, it's not anywhere near the same, obviously, as losing a Kenny Clark or anything like that, but it, it, it is impactful. Um, as a whole, you know, Montrevis Adams, uh, you know, the, the bust label is, is obviously a harsh label, but the reality is that as a third-round pick, they, they had grander plans for him in, in this defense as a guy that has tremendous athletic ability, very twitchy athlete great get-off, great size-speed combination, and just never really saw the dominant plays that, that they'd hoped as a third-round pick. Uh, never got that kind of contribution over the, the four years. So it's going to be interesting to see where his career goes from here. Um, I think that he's shown this year, this year that he, he, while he's not uh, a big splash play guy, he, he is an NFL defensive lineman. So um, he's going to have a future in, in this league, uh, at least getting another chance, whether that's in Green Bay, somewhere else. That remains to be seen.
2: Real quick, before I let you go, obviously they're going to be uh, Mitch Trubisky's going to be under center. Uh, no Nick Foles. D- do you see other than turnovers, anyway, the Green Bay Packers lose this contest?
3: No, uh, it's 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 hard. Now, Bill, I've I've said this before about Packers Bears. I remember five years ago on Thanksgiving night, 2015, uh, the the night that Bart Starr came back to watch Brett Favre's jersey retired on the facade of lambeau field thinking there's no way that on this night the packers are going to lose this game and, and sure enough they did so it can happen but no it's it, this off this bears offense is so bad if this packers defense can't have a real confidence boost this week then their problems are are far greater than than what any of us had, had imagined and I, I think that we know that this is a a mediocre Packers defense, but if they can't if they can't stand up against this Bears offense, there's some very serious problems. So, uh, no, I, I I find it hard to, to, to see the Bears coming into Lambeau Field and, and winning this game. Um, keep in mind too, Bill, Matt Lafleur is almost through two season series, never once lost back to back games. I don't think that'll happen again.
2: I completely agree with you, Ryan. Appreciate it as always. We'll talk again next week. Okay.
3: All right. Have a good weekend.
2: Appreciate it, pal. You too. There you go. And that is Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette, brought to you by Thomas Marola Law Offices, divorce, child custody, and other family law needs. Go with the experience. Go with the personal service. Personal service. He won't hand you off to anybody else. And somebody who's, who's been doing it a while, that's our good buddy Thomas Marola, online at marolalaw.net, M-A-R-O-L-A, marolalaw.net, or call him, 414-327-5800. That 414 327-5800-Thomas is a great guy. I can't recommend him enough.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.